Welcome back, everyone, to Kingdom Hearts by Heart Day's Finale. I am your prestigious award, Kevin, joined by my honorable mention, Marshall. That's, that's, that's pretty on brand. Yep, and today we've got a big old wrap-up special, like we always do, yay! <laughs> we've, uh, we've reached the end of our journey, and now let us take pause and sit by the fire as we recount all the glorious tales we've heard over the past 350 and eight one days. That's a lot of days. Before we say goodbye to our friends. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's here. Oh my gosh. It's it's finally come, you know. I feel like I may be suffering from a bit of Stockholm syndrome here. I'm a, I'm a little sad to see it go. Just wait until coded. No. You'll be right back here. Yeah, but we don't. We don't have to worry about that for a very long time. You can't hurt me. <laughs> uh, yeah. The numerologist in me is is annoyed because I was looking through the episodes and boy howdy, would you look at that? As the last episode, we had thirteen episodes in the season that was all about the organization thirteen. Oh. And I was really annoyed, because I was like, well, great, we ruined it by <laughs> tacking on this little end episode. But then I realized, well, technically, there's 14, 14. members. So it, it's even more thematically appropriate. <laughs> it's like we planned all of this. All according to Kekaku. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of numbers and organization members, we're going to be doing lots of light, uh, rankings today. <laughs> uh, get some cranny action going, and yeah, then we'll give our final thoughts. You know the drill, or maybe you don't. Maybe this is your first crownies. Welcome! It's our made-up award show where we go through the game and give a bunch of random awards to different things. Yep. And... The points are made up, and the rules don't matter, or vice versa. I forget the tagline of the show. One of those um, two. <laughs> yeah. But before we get into all that, maybe we should uh, open the ancient tome of, or tome of Kingdom Hearts Ultimania for some breaking news alert. Yeah, So so I have... And I don't know if they've done one for three yet, but uh, I have the Ultimania that is the story up until three. So mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a, I wouldn't say a Cliff's Note version, but a kind of a consolidation of all the Ultimanias thus far. Because it's only like 250 pages. It's not super big for a thing you think covers, what, um, one through dream drop distance so what that's one two Perfect eight titles but but yeah it's a lot 
it, it, it's still it's still quite a lot. I don't know. It feels like a lot and not a lot at the same time. But that that's just me being a, being a bit of being a big old weirdo. But uh, but yeah, I was. Uh, I think we talked about it either last episode or episode before. Um, one of the weird like yes. Roxas like uh, collapse points, and I was like, really now to medium. Um. So yeah, I guess one thing that stuck out to me. But no. It, so these are the uh, are these is this coming from the Nomura interview or is this like some other just random information? Oh, this is just this is just random information. I shouldn't say random information. I'm also blanking. Oh, okay. I was just here on the page. What the hell? Um, so I basically oh, perused the uh, the section. So it goes into it talks about the characters, talks about the world, talks about the enemies. Then it goes into the story of each game. So. Um, I, I story. You know, the story that we, we, we already went through. That's why I think that it's more of a consolidation of the Ultimatians and not every Ultimatian in one book. Because I feel, because yeah. this contains no Nomura interviews, the, the version I have. Oh, so that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I'm curious, what is... What would Nomura have to say about this? Because, I mean, I guess to be fair, this and Days were done by... Like hand, like we said at the, at the top of the season. So I'm curious what thoughts Nomura would even have, because it is his brainchild. But I don't know how hands on, how hands off this process was. Um, Usually he has lots of story bits in his interview. I it's been a busy like work week, like like should say busy week, like in and out of you know business and personal life. So I watched about half of the uh, HD remix cutscenes. And there is a bit... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to mention it, and I'm like, I think Kevin's just done, so I'm, I'll I'll try to sneak in a watchy-poo here and there. I didn't end up getting... Just uh, to, again, raising my gun slowly. Halfway there, yeah. basically. Um, provides a bit of extra context and a bit more story, but... It, it, there, we work into this whole, like, is does it make sense just to play the game, or... Watch the cutscenes. I think. I mean, we knew the answer to this. You can watch the cutscenes, and you will get the gist of the story. It. Uh, some things are just like text boxes. So a lot of the times when this is the here's the the con, the awkwardness of some of this is a lot of the times where Roxas, where you have a block of missions, it'll just be Roxas completed some missions for the organization, and then kind of show. Mm-hmm. Um, an HD render or a redone image of what that mission was like. So I remember the antlion one is like the antlion kind of like left of center frame, like charging as rocks is like holding the keyblade up and like semi charging towards it. Um, <laughs> I remember the one <laughs> they depict you collecting the organization emblems, which it looks totally fine. It just makes me giggle. Because it's like we got, we we gotta let the kids know they gotta know about these emblems. These emblems are gonna be important, you know. Very important story uh-huh. content. Picking up the org emblems, God. But other than that, it it truly yeah. like lends the voice to a lot of places where I think voice acting would truly help. Um, my initial thought watching the first half was Roxas like the first half, right since the first half, the first quarter, first third, uh. You know, when he's, like, waking up as a nobody. I would... In his toddler phase, when he's still, like, kind of a zombie, his voice is very low, and I wouldn't say gravelly, but, you know, there's... 
there's effort put into the voice. So it comes across. So you're able to, like, again, perceive, again, emotions, ha ha ha. They don't have emotions, ha ha ha. But, you know, uh, having a voice behind everything just made it more watchable at the end of the day. It's better than just our text box dialogue that uh, we uh, we ended up with. But uh, such is the limitations of the DS. But, yeah, I would say... Uh-huh. You you don't need to go back. I think that's our. Like, we, I mean, we'll talk about that later. But if you have the HD remix, you can just watch the cutscenes on HD remix, and you'll be you'll be fine. Check it out. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess for some of the, the the literal key points that I kind of delved into or found interesting uh, when talking or going through the the story in the Ultimania, at the very least, um, it does point out specifically why. I mean. This is kind of a a given, um, but it's a hard confirm that uh, Roxas felt unco- fell unconscious because Sora's memories were being manipulated in Castle Oblivion. The day collapses the day Sora was making his way through the castle. Just a hard confirm for that. Uh, but it also follows up with the reason that Roxas, um, when they are looking for Shion the first time? When, yeah, because they go to... They spend their time after work searching the worlds. They can't find anything. Rox is like, well, Castle Oblivion's the only place we haven't been, Axel. And he collapses um, in there. It, it states that it's due to... <laughs> I mean, it's Castle Oblivion, so it could be anything. Um, but it does state that... Uh, due, to the, due to the manipulative ma- nature of Castle Oblivion... And the proximity to Ro- to Sora, Roxas, upon entering Castle Oblivion, starts to have flashbacks and memories, and Axel has to, you know, drag him away because he can't handle it. Essentially, uh. I I feel like, I mean, he, uh, God, welcome to the days of days. I feel like Sora would have. He definitely he starts out in Castle Oblivion, but we obviously. By playing two, we know that he is some at some point moved from the pod room in CO to another pod room in the Mansion Manor. So I guess I'm, I I kind of looked at that with like a, are you sure about that, sir? When I read that, because I, I feel like we have the scene where Naminé and Diz are in front of the manor, like fairly yep. early on. Like I said, like towards the end of what I would call Act One of the game or the first third. So. Right. At the midway slash act two point, is Sora really still in Castle Oblivion? Mm, yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not buying it, sweetheart. But, uh... That's awk. Yeah. Unless the idea is they were, like, scoping out the mansion, like, they're, like, going to an open house, like, oh, what do you think of this place? <laughs> this could be nice for us. And they hadn't actually moved there, but that's a lot to, uh infer so i don't know if i like that either yeah i'm i i would just assume it's castle oblivion sora has i mean castle oblivion screws everybody also we know a certain somebody is in castle oblivion wink wink so mm-hmm. i'm not sure if that proximity of that individual is what's causing this issue but uh <sighs> exactly i mean i to be fair i it's guess like, i don't it's like 
Keeping your cell phone on <laughs> in an airplane without turning on airplane mode. It's just so much interference over the radio waves. What's going on? Yeah, I'm so I'm also curious if there is another. There will be a version of Ultimate. Uh, I think Three Ultimania is coming out, but I'm not. I think it's come out at this point. I'd be curious if they would do a re-edit of the old Ultimanias. Now that we have re colon edit exactly. <laughs> there, there's the bit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess the other key point that I found very interesting, uh, this is the one I kind of blabbed about, so not really a spoiler alert, um, but you've probably heard me say this before, everybody, um, but it does point out the reason, literally the reason Shion could use a Keyblade, um, is it Shion? Yeah, Shion is a replica puppet created with the purpose of copying a Keyblade wielder's abilities, and she was produced as a body... That grew by stealing Sora's power. A very specific replica, Nomura. Interesting. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of allusion to Vexen was preparing this, and Riku replica was essentially the prototype to what Shion could possibly be, but Shion seems like a very specific replica, and it kind of... I don't know. In my head, it never really... The puzzle pieces don't perfectly fit together. So, again, another questionable eye eyebrow raise at that point um but it it and yeah we touched on this when i briefly brought it up but that's why at first she just throws around spells once she gets nose roxas she has the full face uh then she she's stolen enough power in air quotes to be able to actually use the keyblade so i guess before that she's truly kind of like a replica like pretty much a blank slate you know waiting to be become the muse of the keyblade wielder's power burr, 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 burr. um and again I, I briefly touch about this but uh however after roxas woke up from his initial sora coma um the power that shion had absorbed to that point flowed back into him and she was temporarily unable to use the keyblade that's the whole i can't use the keyblade arc um Later, she was able to gain the ability because she had basically been within proximity of Roxas for all those dual missions where he's covering for her, basically. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> Sheds a little light. <laughs> it's messy. It, 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 it truly is. And this is, this, is my, this, is, I, this, is, this is my favorite one. It's a very minor one. But, um, it goes over the end of the game where uh, Axel brings back Shion. Uh, he collapses in the castle. Zemnus is like, come here, little one, and does whatever he wants to do. Uh, the the ultimatum frames it. I mean, to be fair, Shion is like, I want to go back to Sora. Like, my life is over. I, I've come to understand that. That's her, like, her last talk with Namine is, just kill me. And, like, Roxas, like, maybe he'll come around one day. But the story in the Ultimanium calls it out as, um, where is it? I just had it. Uh, Shion, it mentions the whole part where she shows up, has the Sora face. Doesn't mention anything about Xemnas, uh, but just says, Shion wished to be annihilated. So she chose to challenge Roxas to a fight and be defeated by him. In her final moments, she asks Roxas to free Kingdom Hearts before vanishing into the sky. That stood out to me because I feel like the reason she attacks Roxas is because Xemnas 
manipulates her and does like little tinkering at the end. Not that I, she willingly is like, I'm going to try to kill my best friend. And he's going to kill me in return. Everything will work out, right? Um, I always interpret it as she always knew it was one or the other and she wanted to save Roxas. Okay. But to save him, she needed him to defeat her. So, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. Because um, I, like, yeah, like, once she transforms mm-hmm. into Super Sentai Shion, like, mm-hmm. I think at that point, the beast has taken over, and she's kind of, like, operating on instinct, so to speak. Okay. But I think she willingly put herself in that situation, Hoping slash knowing that Roxas will win, but maybe there's like a little part of her like holding back. Okay. Who's to she? she? She certainly wasn't when she uh, had that um, Giga Flare attack. Exactly like not. <laughs> it, it's just so <laughs> weird to think of that scene where she she pulls the whole Jesus moment and says, "Roxas, I have to kill." Uh, to be fair, I guess what would her end game be? Oh, I I act like Roxas lays down the floor and she's like, "Oh crap, I did it! I actually did it." What do I what yeah. do I do now? <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. But yeah, well, yeah. that's that's the, that's what I uncovered um, through my okay. ultimate. So, and I will throw the throw the mic to you. Is there a Namor interview for for days? Why, yes, there is. Okay, and it's pretty hefty. Oh, okay, damn. So, I'll just kind of skim through and get some quick hits, uh, but as we have with previous games, uh, we'll link the full interview in the episode description. Yes. Uh, Because lots of juicy stuff here. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of interesting bits, naturally. Um, So, start with, they talk about the game's development, naturally. Um, So, let's see, one of the questions is... Um, when you decided to make Kingdom Hearts for the DS, what was the first concept you thought of? And Namor says the multiplayer. Mm. And apparently, originally, they wanted multiplayer in The World Ends With You. Oh. Um, I mean, couldn't fit that. But they couldn't fit the concept of multiplayer in uh, with that game. So they kind of wanted to take that initiative with a Kingdom Hearts game on DS. Um... Which it is hand the same developer as the World Ends with you, or is that just they? Am I, that up? I think they definitely assisted in the World Ends with you. They definitely. I remember. Our, I feel, yeah, I feel like there's a connection. Yeah, there. they def. I think, and I'm, I'm double checking right now because we went we went over some hand stuff at the start of the season, but they definitely did. Um, what is this? Is the sequel? What is the sequel? Of the World Ends with you. Neo. Colon, the world got you okay but yeah they definitely did that one as for the world ends with you oh okay i, I have yeah. it up proper um okay yeah double checking they helped with the ports uh, to switch of uh original nice. world ends with you but not the original game god there we go gotcha okay nice uh, so the interviewer then goes on to ask where the idea to use organization members come from and this is pretty relevant to what we were discussing last episode of, like, 
Kingdom Hearts spinoffs we'd like to see. Mm-hmm. So Nomura references one Dissidia mm-hmm. and says that um, it was a project originally planned for Kingdom Hearts, but uh, they realized it was a bad idea to have Disney characters fighting each other, <laughs> so it didn't happen. So originally Dissidia was a Kingdom Hearts game, which is kind of interesting. Great. Um, wow. But then they put the kibosh on it and it shifted to Final Fantasy and uh, became its own little series, which is interesting. But, yeah, again, kind of spun out of that where they realized, well, we do have all these original Kingdom Hearts characters and they all have their own weapons and personalities and blah blah blah, we could let them fight. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Pretty interesting. The more you know. Hot damn. Yeah. And then, expanding on that, so they wanted a multiplayer, they realized Organization 13 fit into that, and then after deciding that, uh, when we were thinking about which time period we should place the scenario in, we thought if we cut out the year that Roxas was in the organization, it would link well with the multiplayer idea. So, look at that. Well, well, well. Look, look, look how we yeah. got here. Hot damn. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, that's very interesting. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely recommend reading this in full because okay. it it sheds some light on a lot of the issues we've griped over, and also kind of yeah, it talks a lot about like the hardware limitations and stuff. Oh, okay, so it's, it's definitely interesting. Hell yeah. Um, he then goes on. They talk about Xion and cover a lot of like <laughs> you know stuff we've already covered. Yeah. Um. They don't mention... They, like, mention the name. They say that, um... Number I? Yeah, yeah. Well, her, like, actual, like, phonetic name, Xion. Oh, um, They ask who gave her her name, and Namora says, Kanemaki-san, who has written many of the Kingdom Hearts novels. Look at that. Okay. Um, And he confirms that. There are many scenario writers in the game. It's not just Nomura. Um, and he said Kanemaki-san um, came up with the name. And... Oh, she's a woman. Nice. Hell and... Uh, he said, I admire the many meanings included in it, meaning the name, and decided on it straight away. But they're not actually saying it, but like, Shion basically means like the tide... I don't know where I know this from. <laughs> I feel like it's from this interview, but I'm not seeing it. Um, she on meaning because Kyrie meaning sea. She on. Let's see. Yes. Uh, meaning of she on. It contains a Japanese word. Japanese words for tide. Mm-hmm. Um, and aster tateracus. <laughs> <laughs> which, according to Japanese floriography, uh-huh. I guess it's a flower, means... <clears throat> are you sitting down? Are you sitting down? Have, Everyone, hold your drinks. Okay. Which means, I won't forget you oh. or remembrance. Well, well, well. Well, that's just... That's just way too perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's got like three different meanings. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. The more... Yeah, I... I Yeah. I'm annoyed that they don't actually say that in this interview. Um, 
so yeah, that's interesting. They like mentioned, ah, oh, like we wanted to cause a stir by introducing a fourteenth member in Organization Thirteen. Ah, um, let's see. Talk about the ending and how it leads into Kingdom Hearts Two. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so nice. Um, what is the story mode? Um, let's see. <laughs> what happened? Okay, uh, so originally they wanted one mission per day, so literally 358 days. <laughs> My god. Oh, boy! <laughs> yeah, so, but he said, um, he wanted something you could play quickly, so he made it so that you could play it in short spurts over a long period of time. If we made each play session too long, your eyes and hands would start to get tired. Um, Not wrong, yeah. And then they realized that, yeah, all 358 would be too much, so we were going to make it around 150, but then right in the scenario, we realized even that would be too much, so I gradually got rid of more and more missions. Uh, yeah, I... Something tells me not enough, <laughs> Mr. Noir. I think our mission count stops at 93, I believe? I'm going, ba- I'm going back through the dock right now. Yeah, yeah, so 90 is our last official day. It's placing the device in Agrabah. Um... Uh, 91 is, and you can replay, when you, they're not selectable missions when you, when you play the story mode, but if you go into hollow missions, you can see what they are. But yeah, 91 is escaping the castle, 92 is the Shion fight, and then 93 technically is the another side, another story scenario. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, he then goes on to talk about the infamous panel system. <laughs> and this is pretty interesting. I guess I'll just read the whole response. Okay. Um, so he says, we didn't want you to have to train each character from the ground up. So again, he's speaking exclusively like through the multiplayer mm-hmm. lens, which is interesting. Um, so we didn't want you to have to train the same character from the ground up. And since you can't play two of the same character, um, two people can't use the same character during multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So if they had trained the same character, so like if I stand uh, Demix and you also played Demix, we couldn't both play Demix. Um, yeah. So it would lose a lot of fun if then you had to like play some rando. So instead of training individual characters, we made a system where you could take the abilities that you've learned and move them to any other character. So okay. you train the abilities, not the character. But, as I laid out last episode, I feel like that's also not great, because then that means you have to build the character up every single time yeah. you want to switch to them. <laughs> um, so, Nomura, it's like you're aware of the problem, like, just just let us play as them, like, fully baked. Like, yeah, it's a, it's, just it's a... Just keep the panels to single player. Yeah, it's a compromise, but the compromise then creates a new issue. That is, the panel system is all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, if I'm playing a multiplayer game, like, I don't want to be fiddling around the menus and, like, creating a whole new layout and all this. Like, I just want to play as the cool character. Like, give me single player. I'll, like, you know, mess around it's, and stuff. Yeah. But, like, if I'm just trying to hop into a quick game, I don't want to spend ten minutes playing Tetris. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I think a better way, I, I had this thought last week, but it's definitely it's definitely a post-game kind of thought is maybe not for a single player you can leave the single player's panels but for multiplayer 
almost like every everything you want to add has a cost to it. I can't think of a good comparison like to an existing property or mechanic. But, oh, say I want to just shove all level up panels. Instead of playing Tetris and trying to figure out which puzzle piece can go where, oh, equipping a level up panel costs um, like yeah. two CP and say I have a hundred total CP to work with, basically. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, if you want to, like, you know, let them customize the character, that's fine. Mm. But, like, the panels are just so annoying to deal with. And, like, to, yeah, have to redo that every time you want to, like, try a different build for new characters. It's annoying. It's annoying. Um, but <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is no stranger to annoying leveling systems that get in the way. <laughs> <sighs> At least the side games are. Mm. Um, so, let's see. This is probably the big one. Uh, just one more thing that I think everyone is wondering. Just what does the title 358-2 days mean? <laughs> so, you, hear, you had it here, folks. So, Nomura's funds. That's the question that everyone has to ask in interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Raises guns. Uh, there is an answer, but I think it's not best to answer it. Well, okay. I'll give a little hint. <clears throat> Slash 2 is read in English as over 2. But this isn't the kind of over that means to pass over something. The 358 days are shared between two people, so over two. But I'd rather you imagine which two we are talking about. After you finish playing it, you might change your mind about who the two people are. You sure about that, Nomura? Oh, Nomura, you... You daring little devil, you... (laughs) I guess if you played... Again, it would require multiplayer advancing single player. Like, yeah, I could imagine, like, you and I, like, you play as Demix, I play as Zigbar, we play through the entire campaign. At the end, something yeah. different could happen, but that, that would require, yeah. that That's a possible scenario in, a diff- in an alternative universe. Not with the days that we definitely got, so... Erase, erase yeah, like, yet another like... eyebrow. <laughs> yeah... Yeah, for sure. Um, and then uh, this section is interesting. Uh, so they look toward the future. Ooh. Um, so let's see. So first, I want to ask about coded, which just start, which just started serialization on mobile phones. <laughs> yep. Um, so it talks about structures different than usual. Blah blah blah. You get it in episodes. I think it's very similar to the enjoyment you get from watching TV serial dramas. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, let's see. So they just talk about the game. Um, and then they ask about Birth by Sleep. Tomorrow mm-hmm. says, It's a very important game that collects everything about the series into one story. Three main characters, stories as big as one of the numbered Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. We put in a lot of connections to it in days. Hint, hint. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of questions and unknowns from the previous games will be answered in Birth by Sleep. Also, there will be quite a few original characters from previous games making an appearance. Ooh. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, okay, so so is it possible that there will be another game connecting Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts 1? And might that be Kingdom Hearts 3? God. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, then the last question, Nomura said, like, oh, like the ending of Birth by Sleep will connect to Kingdom Hearts 1 in interesting ways, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
But then a more response to this question, uh, who knows? I already have ideas for the next installment. Uh, of course you do. Always. Uh, which I guess at this point would be Dream Drop Distance, because technically the next project is recoded. But yeah. I imagine they weren't thinking about that while coded was in serialization. Correct, yeah. Um, so then, yeah, you must be thinking about 3D. But anyways, he says, I already have ideas for the next installment, but since Birth by Sleep isn't even out yet, I don't have to think about it until a while from now. Recently, everyone kept asking me when I'm planning on coming out with Kingdom Hearts 3. Even though I'm currently busy with Final Fantasy Versus 13. Oh, 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 uh, oh, 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 that hurts right there. Holy shit. I'm also thinking that it's almost time, <laughs> even though I'm current. Okay. For context, this interview, the date is um, May 27th, 2009. Oh, wow. So a little over 13 years ago. Um, so we're still in the thick of versus 13 in that pipe dream. But Nomura says, even though I'm currently busy with Final Fantasy vs. Thirteen, I'm also thinking that it's almost time to start thinking about it seriously. No, it's entirely possible that the next game in the series won't be Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, well, that's, I don't really feel like it. That's true, at least. <laughs> oh, boy, howdy, ain't it? Uh, and then the interviewer tries to get him to say what game it'll be, and he says, I can't say that quite yet, but it'll be more official than a side story. I actually told the producer this recently, and he said, what? It's the Mystery Kingdom Hearts. Ha 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 ha. Of course, I am also thinking about Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> Why is he chiding this interviewer? Like, nah, Kingdom Hearts 3's not happening. <laughs> no, it's, it's happening. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, I, I'm thinking about it. Uh, but then again... No, it'll totally come out. Uh, yes, okay, okay, fine, fine. I'll write Kingdom Hearts 3, but I mean, there are other things I want to do first. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, he's been chilling us for decades. Yeah, um, this... And then... Cra this is crazy, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, because in 2009, Days would have been like a year and a half, two years old, depending on the region. OG coded would right. have been coming out, and this is a few months before BBS comes out that year, so interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's most of it, but then, as they tend to do with these, uh, there's one final secret of the game that only Nomura knows. Of course there is. Um, so he says, Koki Uchiyama who voices Roxas, seemed really upset on the last day of recording, saying, Now I won't be able to play Roxas anymore, even though I'm having him play the part of another character in the next game. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> Wait oh. a minute. Is that, is that a secret, though? <laughs> Let's see. <clears throat> to IMDB Japan edition. Yeah, I'm I'm literally perusing on my phone. I'm trying to I'm trying to break it up now. Oh god, he's gonna have so many credits though, isn't he? So I mean, um, I, I give you the hard confirmation for this at first. He is he's a thousand percent. I mean, do we just want to say Ventus's name at this point? It's literally the next game. <gasps> Okay, no, that's fine. Okay, so he's exactly who you would expect him to be, so I don't understand why Nomura thinks that's a secret. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Ooh, yeah, oh, well, it wasn't like we so didn't mysterious. know who the hell the playable characters in BBS were going to be. 
like six months yeah. before it was gonna come out. It's not like oh, we only yeah. showed Air, we only showed Terra and Aqua, we never showed Ven type of deal. Yeah, there's no secrets that no more. Was, uh, come on, a weird one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. Super interesting. So again. Uh, check out the link for the full interview. There's always some juicy nuggets to be held. Um, and yeah, it's just fun looking back like, oh, what, what simple beings we were. Um, yeah. Speaking of looking back, uh, one random note that I was just made aware of today, uh, this past Saturday, Mm -hmm. the, uh, 17th officially marks the 20th anniversary for Kingdom Hearts in the U.S. It does. So. Yeah. Uh, prepare to immediately dissolve into ashes, your old. <laughs> Come a long way, baby. We have, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, came out in two thousand. It's it's here. I guess to be fair, the twentieth anniversary concert earlier, I mean, cemented that for me. So this feels like uh, I don't know. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's how kind of I think about Pokemon. Like technically, we celebrate the Japan anniversary. Right. Despite the fact it didn't yeah, exist it for so another two confusing. years outside of Japan, but you know, regardless of that, you know, here we are. Sor- Sora's yeah, almost old enough to drink now. Don't don't think about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> Here's to another twenty when we'll be hanging out with Sora in the metaverse. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's a cursed statement if I've ever heard one. Yeah, but. You know it's coming. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, <clears throat> now that we've gotten that little pre-show out of the way, let's uh, rank some world, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> world rankings. It's where we rank the worlds. Ooh. So, yeah. Let's, uh, let's see. We uh, have some, how do you say, slim pickings this go-round. Very. So... <laughs> Uh, so there's only eight worlds, um, and I basically just rank them, like, which ones actually had, have changed the most since their previous iteration, Mm -hmm. uh, which isn't a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah, it was, Um, it was hard to kind of go through this consideration, Again, it's funny because yeah. there, there, I guess there are a few things that crossed my mind doing this list. It's funny because we have the KH1 version of a lot of these worlds kind of coinciding with this weird KH1 and a half game, basically. But it, it didn't end up impacting too much into the overall plot. So I, I or in ranking, I should say. But yeah, I, I guess I, tr- I tried to rank them based on a little bit of the mission variety, but mainly, mostly yep. area traversal. Like, how interesting was it to go through said world, do said thing? Because again, most of them are just going to be carbon copies from KH1, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I mostly looked at level design. Uh, but then a sprinkle of, yeah, like you said, like what you're actually doing there in terms of missions, but then also like the story, which again isn't really contributing a whole lot. Yeah, um, the, the, <laughs> you're uh, you're not wrong. I mean, literally, the story is whatever it wants. I mean, that's that's still Kingdom Hearts, though. Actually, I was about to criticize. I'm like, no, it's Kingdom Hearts. the The Disney story happens, and it relates to the main story sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. 
it's just weird because at this yep. time it's in, they're in batches. It's not like we're going to go through Agrabah and KH1, and here's the revelation at the end of Agrabah. Okay, next world. It's we do something story related. Uh, as I like to say, Roxas has an existential crisis. We have we talk about thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and then we talk about the next day. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a it's a so, small batch let's... Kingdom Hearts, you know, fresh, homegrown, organic, you know, little side project. Yeah. So we actually agreed on our bottom form. Mm-hmm. So look at that. So, all the way at the bottom, in a total reversal from uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, is the world that never was. Because look at that. It's literally, like, three rooms. So to not, a goddamn not much to legend. write home about. Ugh. You, you don't get to see much of the world that never was, so... Yep. Yeah. Uh, and what you do is stuff you've already seen before, boop, except boop, boop, for boop, Roxas's boop. bedroom... And the the, uh, the break room, yeah, I guess. the gray room, and now the only the only two different things whatsoever. So it brings literally nothing new. Where everything yeah. else did, I mean, look looks at Neverland. Neverland was literally the only new new world, kind of. I should say new old world, but yeah, uh, the world that never was never didn't really add anything, and it's only uh, again the. Three missions of like break the pots, survive in the hall of empty metal melodies, and then the you know mission ninety one escape, mission ninety three go back and try and kick Zenus's ass, but not really because Riku said nah, bitch. So yep. he doesn't get any time to shine. Yep. So yep. someone had to be at the bottom. Yep, right next to Olympus Coliseum. Uh, no real surprise there. It's Olympus Coliseum, like you've always seen it, meaning it's only three rooms. Um, and yeah. I also dig this one because I didn't like the missions like at all. So yeah, Phil's <laughs> and also that bullshit fake out with the uh, the trainee like, <laughs> just really soured me. So I <laughs> I feel you. Uh, yeah, so uh, Olympus, it's still the same three rooms. I do at least appreciate, at least during the games, that the uh, the arenas are creative because in yeah in, the terrain changes. Yeah, so much. in one and two, they're at least they're tournaments with the same playing field, so the enemies have to be interesting. And Days kind of flips it on his head and says, well, the enemies, we can kind of mess around with a little bit, but let's make the arena change. And the arena, a more interesting playing field each time. So, appreciate yeah, that there's much. that. So, it's still, it's still the bottom of the Disney yeah. world at the end of the day. Totally. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Wonderland. Yay. Um, Pretty mid, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Wonderland, so <laughs> it added... The um the hedge maze areas, which kind of suck, and it has multiple missions with the um. Uh, who is it? The big boy that flies around and takes forever. Oh my god! Down. I was about to say Gray Caprice because the Gray Caprice are the little teleportation dudes that I want to bash. Oh into yeah, they a wall. suck too. Uh, Emerald Serenade, boom. Emerald Serenade, yeah, that sucked. Um. And, yeah, it's got the most annoying RTC in the world, because you have to go back to the Bizarre Room, and 
get big, but you gotta take out the enemies to get big for some reason, and that always ruined my day. Um, yeah, not, so yeah, not, not I don't fun. like it. Uh, I did actually like the hedge mazes. Uh, it's just very sad that they took away the bizarre room. Like, you know, it's just the one generic original bizarre room. Yeah, we don't, that's questionable. We don't get the various different iterations of it, so... Again, R.I.P. to a... I've never seen a bigger glowdown in my life, jokingly. But, yeah, like, it, it felt very limited. I did I did kind of, like, enjoy the hedge mazes. That's what kept it above Olympus for me, is I do hate the Emerald Serenade mission in the hedge maze, but I did appreciate the, the cards and, like, that stealth, as opposed to Lumiere and the Beast. Yeah, so. it's something. It's a little something, yeah. at the very least, so... It, it got legs. She got legs. Yeah, but also, like, yeah, the story, like, what even was the story of this world? It was so pointless. And then Pretty mid. the boss was literally l- super lazy. Um, mm. So, all things considered. Yeah, everyone mm. else had literally ha- had an original new boss, and this one said, what if we just took, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's the Eric Andre show, yeah, of like, what if we made right. it purple? So, so next up, coming toward the middle of the pack is Twilight Dam, which originally I had at the bottom, right above the world mm-hmm. that never was, because literally nothing about it has changed. Um, but then I realized, I mean, it's not ambitious, but I mean, it's also not super painful, although, god, I hit it any time you had to go in the underground and hit those switches. Yep. Like, how many times are you going to pull off that trick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately yeah. that area just keeps resetting, and that's truly a pain. That's that's what attributed to me. I, told, I think I mean, we mentioned this originally before we started recording, that Twilight Town was kind of originally high up for me, and then mm-hmm. slowly over time just got pushed down to this middle of the pack area because yeah twilight town it's iconic and most of its points it gets for me from being an iconic location yeah. it is where we go to have our ice cream after most missions uh but in terms of what it, it services for days like the tramcom is a very big yeah. area that's definitely a little awkward to traverse constantly because we come back here pretty frequently and uh you know yeah. I, won't need, I don't need to reiterate the underground uh to you so Insert that here. It's 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 only to have to re-navigate mm-hmm. it time and time and time and time and time again. So yeah, here she pretty, um, the town of not Twilight. particularly interesting, but also pretty inoffensive compared to some of the others. So number five, that's where you belong. Um, exactly. Cool. Yeah. So in the upper half uh, is where <laughs> we diverge. Um, so, for number four, I yes. had Beast Castle, you had Halloween Town, uh, but uh, our average score uh, landed on Beast Castle for number four for our combined ranking. Um, yeah, I had it a little higher yep. at first, because I do like the new area they add of, like, the, like, rafts or whatever you want to call it. Um... But then I remembered all those annoying stealth mm-hmm. sessions, sections, which even when I had glide, <laughs> like gliding over Cogsworth, Lumiere, they still spot you. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> oh my God. Could this be any more annoying? 
Yeah, they've got like I see all peasants. Um, so yeah, the the stealth sections literally brought down like at least two spots for me. So no, it's it's, it's very understandable. I uh, I put it higher, so it's number two for me. Uh, I put it higher up because the the gripes I had with uh, three and four were larger than the stealth sections. I <sighs> the stealth sections are very very annoying. I'm not going to deny that. The very first. The back half of missions in the castle did get rid of them, so, you know, as you reflect... Yes, that's true. Yeah, so that brought it up for me a little bit, but I won't deny that those are a severe pain in the ass. Yeah. I mean, I also just don't really care for... Well, let's let's take a gander at our cage 2 rankings. Mm. I just don't care for the world too much in general. Let's see, I had Beast Castle at number 9 out of 15. So, okay, it was, like, pretty middle of the road there as well. Yeah, we literally um, agree it's both in 8th place for, uh, for cage 2. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, number 8, sorry. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, it's it's there. <laughs> but, uh... Number three, we netted out with Halloween Town. Ooh! Which also is mine, number three. You had it at number four, mm-hmm. as I previously mentioned. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of ended up here. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the rest. Like, yeah, I mean... I guess I appreciate how they try to do the Halloween storyline. Although it didn't really it Yeah, it, to it amounted much. to nothing. <laughs> that, that, that's what brought it down for me. That's why it's four. There is, there's no good resolution. Literally the resolution of the kids throwing pumpkin bombs at you is, well, I guess kids are kids! And Jack's yeah. Halloween schemes are not very inventive, aside from the first yeah. time. So it brought me down that way. I do appreciate Halloween Town. Halloween Town is never, I shouldn't say never, it's very rarely a straight line in KH1 and in, you know, days by extension. You pop into a coffin, that coffin spits you out in a new area. It's not, it's, it's, I appreciate the non-linearity of, uh, of this version of H-Town, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have too much to add other than, yeah. I don't know, maybe for me it was just like, I feel like it was just a nice change of pace, and there was some, in terms of like aesthetics, I should say, mm-hmm. and some interesting story bits, uh, like the scene with Shion and Roxas getting played against each other. Um, it's true, it's true. And some fun enemy designs, if not super fun to fight. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I honestly, I'm pretty. I could have swapped this out for Beast Castle, honestly. Um, but ended up with number three. So yay! Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're in the top two, and our runner-up for most worldliest world <laughs> is Neverland. Yay! <laughs> Peter Pan just swoops in. He's like, I would like to accept this award. And like, you weren't even in this game. He doesn't even yeah, go here. Yeah, yeah, which in hindsight is kind of weird. Why wasn't he in this game? <laughs> yeah. What, it's um, only Tink and so, Hook and Smee that we see. Yeah, it's questionable. But 
I had Neverland as my numero uno. You had it as your numero treso. Yep. And it averaged out to the numero doso. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Um, Neverland. Um, yeah, we get like the actual land to the Neverland, so that's cool. It's like the game actually tried, so. It's not super fun, but I yeah, mean, it's it's it tries. <laughs> that's I think that's where all my points for uh, Neverland come from. It tries, right. and it is, it is literally something new. So we we've, we've yeah. talked about the flying. The flying is an absolute pain in the ass. The story, at least the resolution, isn't very interesting. But the the whole is yeah. hook summoning the heartless or the heartless appearing because of the chests. It's at least somewhat yeah. vaguely interesting. It was a thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, <laughs> it's, it, it tries to be inventive and in some areas it really does succeed and other areas it really does kind of shoot, shoot itself in the foot. So, uh, but yeah. nonetheless, it gets as far just by being something new and refreshing. Yeah, for sure. And I also feel like, it's not like overexposed, like mm-hmm. probably because you know it's the flying world, so they don't want to do too too many missions. But like, I feel like I didn't get tired of it, so mm-hmm. that's also a plus. And like, I guess for me, I liked it because it's really easy to just beeline it to your objective and finish instead of like getting caught on like all this awkward platforming <laughs> or ah, yeah beat these enemies to do a thing like you could get through the missions pretty painlessly okay so yeah that's where it is but again like eh, i don't feel too strongly so. <laughs> could have easily swapped it for our real number one agraba yay Woo! i'll grab this award <laughs> You did, yeah. you did um, it, Al! <laughs> so I had it as my number two, you had it as your number one, and congratulations, it's number one. Yeah, it's, Agrippa made it. It's, it's very interesting, because I don't think I really cared for Agrippa and Cage 2. It's definitely probably like the yeah. middle of the pack. One, I think one it actually might have been my favorite. And I'm looking back, and Dagrapa did actually place one when we did uh, originally did one. Yeah. So real dark horse <laughs> coming back to claim her crown. She is so yeah. Uh, it, it it's familiar but new at the same time. Uh, changing right. up the cave of wonders, I think, was a very good idea. It it said, "Hey, we're still the Agrippa you knew, but you know we've we've changed a little bit, you know." spice things up yeah so no i think it's it's super interesting and it, it added to the it, it added literally to, to yeah i think it strikes the best balance between reuse and new and even the reuse which is mostly the city streets like even that they kind of mix in some subtle ways yeah so yeah it's it's the best. <laughs> you did it, old girl. Um, you did it. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's got the antline boss, which is pretty neato. It's got um, yeah. um, I guess the other bosses are like the large body variants, which are yeah, they're pretty. Uh, I I do like. Uh, I mean, it, it happened super early on. It was probably one of the first world stories to cap off, but the whole um. I I remember because we made fun of it too much. Um, meeting Genie in the desert randomly, 
and you know mentioning he's like oh Al- aladdin doesn't want your help right now and he's like gee you know genie's like it's one of the first existential crises we get uh as nobodies um but yeah i just really appreciate that um yeah yeah because it is weird seeing genie it's like aren't you on your like your war- your globe trotting mission going out and seeing everything and he's like yeah i came back and i guess aladdin doesn't doesn't need me but i'll i'll be I'll pop up when needed, uh, essentially. So, it uh, it, yeah. it keeps to the can. I mean, luckily again, it, it appears in two, so it's able to kind of traverse the weird in between that is three five eight over two days. So, yeah, and she taken the gold. So there you have it, folks. The definitive world ranking, and don't Woo! let anyone tell you any differently. Woo! <laughs> Woo! So. Sliding on in to the official crownies. Yay! <laughs> so, let's see. We have nine prestigious awards to give out tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, scanning through them, I'm trying to uh, organize them from least to most exciting. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> I guess pivoting from our discussion previously, uh, let's kick things off with favorite room slash area. So we had the same answer here, but you had an honorable mention that you want to share. I do. So my honorable mention, I really mentioned it going through the worlds. Uh, I really did appreciate the hedge maze, rose maze, of the mazes in Wonderland. Um, the missions they exist in, I think they're pretty neat and tri- uh, like areas. Uh, there is the Emerald Serenade mission that I, makes you do want to pull my hair out, but I think it was a good combination of a new area combined with the stealth section that we got introduced in Beast Castle. Uh, so overall, I, I, I did appreciate it. Um, so I'll give it nice. that much for trying something new. Yeah. But we both agreed that our favorite room is Neverland at night. <laughs> yeah, it it really stuck out to me. And we talked about this. It really sticks out the first and I think only time you're in Neverland Skies Night. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, kind of like the same reason Halloween Town ranked a little high for me. It's just, it's just a nice little change of scenery. Um, yep. So, yeah, I like it. And also just that room in general. I like how open it is. Um, And, yeah, I mean, that's basically the whole world, which I awarded number Mm -hmm. one world. So, by extension, it's, like, the best room as well. So, eh. Yeah, no, yeah, that that totally makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Neverland at night. Uh, Don't ever change. (laughs) So, let's see. Moving on. Why don't we, uh, why don't we decide our favorite panel? Because I kind of struggled to figure this one out. (laughs) As I said, I don't really like the panel system, but I guess we should talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I get, once again, I had an honorable mention that I'll mention before we go to our winners for favorite panel. Uh, I chose Magical 3. So it's uh, obviously Magic level Uh Yeah, uh, I remember using quite frequently magic. I always designated magic level three to my 
my pivotal magics. So my fire, which this playthrough ended up being fire, blizzard, cure. Um, just oh. like my quintessential spells. I I did mess around with magic levels a little bit. And so I feel like three is a good spot uh, where all your favorite or most used magic should be. So I, I just appreciated using the level three link panel magics. So, nice. yeah. Um, I guess for a little bit of behind the scenes, each magic goes up to level five. So a lot of the times you can at least, you know, like I said, getting magic to level three is a good spot for the magic you're going to be using constantly. So uh, I, I just appreciate it. Um, that, that, that's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> Wee. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have a commonality here. All of our panels are magic. Yeah. So my panel was quadcast, just because it lets you actually use magic the way God intended, <laughs> where you can actually, you know, use more than one before you're out, and you, then you're like, well, that was fun. You, Too you, bad I missed. You no longer the one-pump jump. <laughs> Yeah, and if you, you know, link up a certain amount, you can really stack it up to get a lot for your money. Definitely. And throw on ether on top of that and you have more. So, yeah, I think it pairs very nicely with your favorite panel. It does! <laughs> uh, in, a, in a weird turn of events, I picked the, probably the command or panel that I use the most frequently. And that is your basic level fire. I it it was my reliable yeah, no go-to kidding. spell, and so I considered like a lot of the weird link panels, like perfect block and like homing glide. But at the end of the day, fire got me through the game, and so I have to give it the credit that it is due. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I probably could have put that as my top one as well, but I figured that was a little too obvious. Oh, no, it, yeah, it's a basic like... choice, and I. <laughs> I, I do be that bitch, so. <laughs> I, it, no, it's, like, objectively, like, the best spell in the game for mm. some reason. <laughs> so, yeah. I ain't mad at it. Mm. In, in a world where the high-level magic sucks and the low-level magic gets you through the game, I've got to rep my boy. So, here we yeah. are. <laughs> Woo! Panels! Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> Moving on to... The lighter side of things. <laughs> Let's give out the award for most memeable moment. <laughs> um, I will. I guess I kind of have an honorable mention. Yeah, go for um, it. Originally, I was just gonna put like any of the weird. Syx innuendos when telling Axel to go get Shion and like talking about like yeah tie her up if you have to and gag her mouth like bring her back however you want I don't I don't care eh. <laughs> um, God. it's very much the same spirit of I have unfinished business with this puppet um, <laughs> but I I decided uh, to take a different approach. Which isn't really a specific moment, mm. I guess, but whatever. It's my imaginary award show. I'll do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, 
I gave it to just the general officeification, officification, officiation, uh, workplace drama jokes uh, <laughs> that this game is a buffet of. But I guess if there's one to point to in particular, I guess it would be Rox's Day Off, where they literally have the little sign in the gray room. Uh, like I forget what it says, but it like clearly says something like closed or out of order or something. <laughs> oh my god, I can imagine that uh, in, a, in an alternate universe where uh, that's a meme template. We need to get we need to get yeah. this trending. Oh my gosh. Yeah, let me let me check our notes because I'm pretty sure we definitely wrote down what it said. But uh, why don't you uh, talk through your I'll viewable go- moment? Exactly. So. Memorable, memorable WTF moments. Uh, for me, it has to be Xion's Sora face. So I've, we talked about it yeah. before, but her just being like, "This is him. This is Sora." It is a culmination of you know all of what Xion's kind of had to go through, and you know her basically her final bout, her final moments uh, before everything goes to high hell. But <laughs> seeing it for the first time as a kid. Uh, you never, you never, you never forget your first time uh, when you've been uh, truly catfished by none other than Sora Kingdom Hearts himself. Uh, like, like we, like we mentioned, and you had the same reaction um, when we played through it. Just seeing Xion's voice come out of Sora is a little weird. Yeah. It, it takes a, it takes uncanny. a while to get used to. So whenever yeah. I think of this game and think of like, what the hell, this this sticks out to me. <laughs> yeah, and it really feeds into. Um... You know, too many Soras that everyone loves to joke about. Like, God, yeah. Is anyone else in this room Sora? Um, <laughs> have yes, to tell me. literally. <laughs> Look at me. We need uh, a we need a true org thirteen, but it's all pe- people who are Sora instead of people who are. I mean, I think them. you could do that. I think we can. <laughs> I think I think where the series is now, we could pull that crap off. You could definitely do seven mm-hmm. for the seven lights, at least. Yeah. Um, maybe that was the plan all along. <gasps> but um, yeah, no, I can I can see that for sure. Now I'm imagining a meme template of like, like a Scooby Doo mask unveiling. Like, now let's find out who Shion really was all along. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, okay, looking at our notes, the sign on day 118, Lazy Day, officially says operations closed for vacation, but I don't remember how much of that is, like, actually, like, legible on the in-game model. But, yeah. There you go, everybody. Memorable moments. Also, that one's memorable, because it's, yeah, it's the only time you see the Grey Room not filled with... Organization members lounging about. Yeah, so. it's, yeah. I mean, it's the most lifeless version of the gray room, and it's the hey nerd. I mean, to be fair, it leads to one of uh, maybe not the day the mission itself is memorable, but at least the uh, the whole what do I what do I do with a day off? I don't I don't yeah. know. What does it mean? Yeah. So yeah. So, keeping the comedy train going, mm. our next award goes to most hilarious joke weapon. 
So, we, we know Nomura is quite a trickster, but he had one last chuckle in the store for the most diehard players. Um, so, we didn't touch on this last episode, but, um, I mean, I guess, I don't know how you get it, but there's the, uh, the casual gear. The, the casual with... gear you get via challenge sigils. It's one of those, oh, yeah. it's one of those, yeah. Yeah. So, when you equip that, it changes your weapon into a joke weapon, <clears throat> and everyone has it, um... Well, all the organization members have it anyway. Yeah. Um, so I figured let's uh, we'll shine a little light on them here and talk about them because there are some pretty good ones, I must say. Um, yeah, you have so a lot I have of few honorable mentions. Yeah, so it was take it, it away. It was tough. <laughs> um, so most a lot of them are food related. Um, mm-hmm. but let's see, we got Zexion, who was sort of a a book has just a literal sandwich, <laughs> so that's pretty great. And he like has it opened like a book somehow, uh, like almost as if he was like about to spray some mustard on it. Um, we've got Zigbar who has hair dryers instead of the guns, which is pretty good. I feel like it plays into his character because he does have some pretty luscious locks. Mm-hmm. Um. I forget what his other one was, but that one was also good. Trumpets. Um, oh, yes. You got some trumpets. <laughs> and then this one came pretty close to being my winner, um, but it didn't quite clutch it out. But Lexius has just a whole ass Easter Island head, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> um, it's pretty good. Yeah. And then I had one more, but we shared this one, so I'll let you take that honor. What if we gave Axel pizza pies? <laughs> yeah, his chakrams are just his big pizzas, and I love Axel. it. <laughs> yeah, he... he... He baked a pizza himself because he made it a fire. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's I I should have tried it out. The oven. Oh, I should have tried it out. I could just. I'm just imagining his uh, limit where it's explosion, so he just throws his chakrams and they explode. But it what uh, exploding yeah. pizzas. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I love it. And also, uh, very. Nice attention to detail. There is a piece missing from each, so there are, in fact, Pac-Man pizzas, mm-hmm. which we can take to mean that Axel ate those pieces. So, canonically, uh, Axel has eaten pizza before. Pizza Whoa. confirmed in the Kingdom Hearts universe. Look at that. <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah, no, that one's pretty good, must say. Um, but I landed on one true winner for the best joke weapon, mm-hmm. uh, which goes to Syx, who you'd think would be the least jokiest of them all, but he has the most jokey weapon. Look at that. Yep. And instead of his claymore, he just has a giant ass banana. And Ooh, banana. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I clutched it out for him just because I feel like it's the least practical of them all. And just imagining him in berserk mode 
swinging around this giant banana, mm-hmm. but, like, acting like a banana actually would, and just, like, pulverizing into mush, just to, like, instantly, and then him just having, like, this floppy peel and being like, oh, <laughs> what do one, I do with this one, now? One hit and the, the structural integrity of the banana is just non-existent. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty God. good. It's pretty I hilarious. And then I think... I think Syx's weapons are special, like, they're... They, they have, have like, a berserk form. Yes, yes, there we go. I was about to ask, is it berserk mode? And it is. I love it. Yes, which we didn't note last episode, because I, I I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he goes in berserk mode. Um, I don't know if the banana changes, though. Let me It let just, me uh, yeah, here. if you uh, look it up. But yeah, it, the banana opens up. Oh my up, god. So you see the actual yeah. banana, the actual fruit proper... And then the, uh, the, it almost like, like banana peel-esque, uh, it starts to uh, peel at the top. Uh, that's great. Is good. Is, is um, real good. Okay, well, I'm about to ruin your day, because I searched Syx Banana on Google Images, yep. and do, do you want to take a wild guess what, oh, well, this is actually funny, what the number seven, uh, result is? Uh... <laughs> Is it banana? I mean, <laughs> I'm going to assume it's something related to the male genitalia, but you can prove me other. You can prove me wrong uh, otherwise. Surprisingly, no, but I would say it's worse. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at a minion cosplay yes! SIX oh! holding his banana. It's perfect, and you know it. Okay. <laughs> It's upsetting. Banana. Oh god. Um, and also, some people have modded in the banana in Kingdom Hearts three for Sykes' boss fight. So that's mm. pretty great. So, nice. I like that. Longer live the banana. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, okay, this is pretty good. It's Sykes wearing a banana suit, but like in like a very dramatic anime art style. That's okay. pretty good. Okay, the the fan art alone. There uh, we go. But why don't you tell us your pick, shall we? My my favorite, despite Sykes Banana being pretty up there, I think my favorite joke weapon has to go to Luxord with Finest Fantasy Thirteen. <sighs> yes, do tell. I was considering this one, but I, I feel like I didn't have enough context for the joke. Uh, so it, it's kind of funny because I think it's it's Luxord and it's also mm, I was gonna say Marluxia, Larxene. They have uh, you they they don't naturally wield their weapons. So you have to like attack. Uh, so I remember the, yeah. the like where we got our screen grabs from. They're a little awkward because everyone else is like in the startup screen or like or you know. In the start right. screen, where you look at your panels, or you can get a very easy look at the weapons. For them, it's a very odd. <laughs> you have to actually uh, uh, go in and play the mission and get like actual little screen grabs. So mm-hmm. uh, one, I think it's funny because instead of cards, uh, Lux has a bunch of discs that all have the organization emblem and uh, thirteen on them. Uh, so obviously, finest fantasy, finest fantasy is a play on Final Fantasy Garsh. Oh, 
would have ever ever thought um and i have to check this right now before i anything else comes out of my mouth i i don't believe this a bit so supposedly when did days what is your release date is it oh nine it is oh nine okay i'm i'm crazy what the hell um also i swore earlier it's in 2007 okay so, f- ye old Final Fantasy The game was 30- announced in 2007. There we go. That's that's what I was... I think that's what's in my mind right now. Okay. So, Days came out in 2009. So did our beloved title, Final Fantasy thirteen. So, yeah. If, uh... Yeah. thirteen came out the end... Came out the end of that year in Japan, the following March in other ter- I guess the following year in other territories because it was uh, there's a lot of BS that happens with 13's release but nonetheless uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned Final Fantasy versus 13 earlier because it immediately reminded me of this so yeah but I <laughs> for those who aren't aware 13 is a divisive title amongst the Final Fantasy fan base uh, I uh-huh. I would say thirteen is the start of questionable Square Enix choices. It is the start the beginning of beginning of the end. It's definitely the start of modern Square Enix as we know Square this past decade basically. Uh, so yeah, I I I had to I had to pick it. It, it, it was the only uh, it was the okay. only one. Uh, it it caters to my love of Final Fantasy and like Nala and. It, it, it just hits, it hits, it hits all, every synapses fires when I look at finest all fantasy right. 13, so. I gotta keep and it And it hits my, uh, appreciation for numbers, because Organization <laughs> 13, Final Fantasy 13, it came out the same year, look at that. Stars yeah. lined. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a perfect tongue-in-cheek weapon to throw in there, so yeah. Yeah. Also... Yeah, I mean that's probably the best use of your copy of Final Fantasy Thirteen is to, to to use it to hit people. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> oh. ha, ha, ha. ah, it burns. Not that. Any other game, please. <laughs> Don't uh, complain. I'll start throwing ET through the Atari at you. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, now that we've really uh our funny bone mm. uh, why don't we move on to a different kind of weapon a keyblade uh-huh. uh, so keyblades normally uh, we talk about this award more extensively but yeah I didn't experiment with panels too too much but I looked up a gallery of all the different keyblades you could get yep. if you are so inclined just to look at the design specifically You're not going off of stats um but yeah I was looking at the designs um and here are our favorite sir flash cuz we do have an honorable mention but we yes. we picked the same one um so yeah. Honorable mention, Maverick of Flame, because, yeah, that was my sort of in-game Keyblade up until the very end when I switched yep. for the big chunky boy, but, no, it was a good one. Yeah. I, um, I was going to select the, like, upgraded version. Let's see, Maverick of Flame. Um, I forget. which I don't know oh. what it's called. It's I, something I... 
He Fiery. Reaches. Yeah, I can grab it in a sec. Don't worry. It is the Twilight Blaze. Yeah, I was going to do Twilight Blaze because it looks cool in the thumbnail. But then when I took a closer look, it wasn't that great. Yeah, um, I, I prefer Magical yeah. Flames design. Yeah, looking at it again now, it's just meh. Um, and Maverick of Flame, yeah, just, I don't know, has a little bit more going for it in terms yeah. of just... It really harkens yeah. to the friendship with Axel. That's that's why I look what I see when I look at this Keyblade. Not yeah, to, not that's... To um... and yeah, even the fact that it has uh, incredible stats. I, I, I think it just hit both things, so... Uh, yeah, like, I would prefer the Keyblade have some sort of, um, like, story connection with its design, which is why I don't care for the Days Keyblades, because they're all just generic Keyblade, and they all look super, like, fan-arty, which I don't care for, and they're all just edgy, sword-looking, so (laughs) that's why I'm not too jazzed about this category when normally it's my favorite. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, Maverick Flame. Uh, but our number one pick, which is the number one weapon in the game, is the Omega Weapon. Yay! It speaks for itself. Yeah, so it's pretty much the Ultima Weapon, but in days, and, yeah, it's, yeah, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, no, looks good, has great stats. I mean, that's, hey, those are good criteria, so... Yeah, out of all the Days Keyblades, it has the most, one of the most distinct designs, uh, because it is basically supposed to be the ultimate weapon. The only thing that is better than, uh, Omega Weapon is, uh, oh, it's, it's, the pan was called Zero Gear, but, uh, it eventually lets you equip Oathkeeper, well, it's, it's, Originally, it's Kingdom Key Plus. If you put an ability panel on, it becomes Oathkeeper. You put another one on, it becomes oh. two become one. If you put on three, um, or at least, I don't think you can put on, you can't put on three, but it won't transform you. But if you were to take a peek behind the hood at uh, dual-wielding Roxas, uh, he uh, technically uh, 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 uh. has, yeah, it's, uh, it's zero gear with every slot is an ability slot uh, to get uh, his cool dual wieldy uh, version so yeah i see yeah but yeah. Uh, nonetheless oh mega weapon it'd, it'd be cool so yeah exactly in a world of mediocre Alrighty. keyblades it does something <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i'll say this this is probably the only keyblade in this game that i would I wouldn't mind seeing, like, appearing, like, reappearing, yeah. um, like, in a main game. Because I, I say this because I was just looking at Google Images, and it kind of looks like someone modded it into Kingdom Hearts 3, like, Ooh. 3D modeled it, and it looks pretty good. Yeah. Or, or maybe maybe it's just fan art, but it, it looks nice and clean. Um, So, yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Someone say simple and clean. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, moving on. Let's see. Okay, how about <gasps> favorite slash best um, new music track? Mm. So, I may have written this incorrectly, or just wasn't specific enough, but when I wrote this category, I was specifically thinking of 
new track because most of days like everything else is yep. the soundtrack is recycled mm. um and <laughs> i don't think it's a very stiff playing field because there's like maybe five original tracks in the game um but i'll let you go first explain <laughs> your choices yeah I, I also chose uh all original music because again okay, everything is great. yeah yeah everything is uh recycled basically so yeah, I a kind of a weird pinch hitter coming in my honorable mention runner up. It is Mystic Moon, which is the feat which you uh, it's it's the rare ones that get you, ladies and gentlemen. It is the field music or the non-combat music from the uh, the uh, the world that never was, which you only see in Mission Ninety One when we're escaping the world that never was. <laughs> I will have to refresh my memory on it. Because yes. I don't remember it standing out, but mm. now I'm curious. Yeah, no, I really liked it. Your honorable mention was also your so your top mention, your honorable mention, and this were all fighting for my number two spots. I really did Ooh. like I really did like all of them, but I think Mystic Moon stuck out nice. a little bit more to me personally. Um, all right. It's cool. uh, it's 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 familiar yet different in in my eyes. So it gets brownie points nice. uh, for that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, my honorable mention, which I don't even know if this is the proper name, but uh, "Secret of Neverland." Ooh, which is uh, the field music for Neverland. It it is Secrets um, of Neverland. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Um, kind of the same reason that I picked Neverland as my favorite world, like. It's just nice to get an original world track in this game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like it really fits the vibe of Neverland. Um, and yeah, it's just really catchy. Like, I could definitely hear it in, you know, one of the, the numbered titles, so to speak. Um... And yeah, I just like it because it's one that you don't... Like, I think... I'm pretty sure the first time I've heard... I, I ever heard this song was in Melody of Memory. Because I never played the game. <laughs> so, like, there's no reason you'd hear it, like, going through the cutscenes yeah. or anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, So I was like, oh, wow. This is, this is a nice little surprise. This is a banger. Yeah. Um, it a thousand percent represents... Or it, it gives that very whimsy, Neverlandish feel. Yeah. So I, I also really... I appreciate this and... Um, excuse me for two seconds while I look it up. It's the combat music for Neverland. It is crossing to Neverland. It's the combat version. Yes. I, I appreciate both of them. They really embody Neverland yeah. and the world as a whole. So, Yeah, it was just a nice little throwback to to better days of like, oh, this is what Kingdom Hearts is supposed to feel like. You're in Disney World, you're exploring, you're, you're excited by all the sights and sounds. So, yeah. yeah, I I liked it. Um, but why don't you take it away with your top pick? Yes, so my top pick, uh, I wouldn't say it's a sleeper hit, but, uh, it definitely snuck up, both of these, like, snuck up as kind of my favorite tracks, um, so mine's mm. is Fightin' Away, oh, like so it. it is the boss theme that plays in the latter half, so it'll play during Leech Grave, it'll play during Ruler of the Skies, um, it'll play during, uh, hey, some of I the- I think you're gonna have to give us a sample. 
yet. <laughs> Drop um, a fat beat. Do 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 Pretty hype and fast pace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a good one for sure. Yeah, I really like it. So that's a yeah. It, again, it plays similar. Some I mean, similar to your final, your, your your pick. It plays during the last important boss fight of the game, and, and it's. I think KH2. I for, I forget the track names, but it does a similar thing where the boss theme is pretty consistent for the first half, then changes up for the second half of the game. So. Uh, I felt a little bit of familiarity, and I did really uh, appreciate it at the end of the day. Nice. Uh, cool. So, so go my ahead. pick is the obvious one, um, and I'm kind of cheating, but whatever. So, <laughs> it's Shion's theme slash Vector to the Heavens, uh, which obviously it's the song that plays over Shion's cutscenes um, slash her final fight music. Um, I guess if I had to pick one, I guess I'd pick Shion. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I think it's the best track in the game. I also think it's the best character theme in the series. Oh, high praise! Maybe. High praise! Yeah, although like I, I don't like Sora's too much, and I don't like um, Riku's, and then um, Terra Aqua Inventus's are all fine, but kind of blend together. But we'll get into that later. Um, maybe Kyrie, like hers, is pretty good. Um, it, uh, and Roxas is obviously, but Roxas is like a little, a little too too sad for me. Um, yep, I do like the the battle version. Um, you know, during his boss fight, yep. obviously. Uh, but no, she owns the, it's, it's great. It's very sad and emotional and just, I, I mostly associate it with the cutscene of her fading away, which again, yep. uh, well, potentially spoiler alert, uh, I think is the most impactful moment of the game. So it's like a really strong connection. Mm-hmm. Um, it does come back in later games in a very poignant way. It does. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's great. It's like peak Kingdom Hearts soundtrack of just really playing the emotions. Ooh, ah, oh, my heart. Um, yeah, no, it's it's quite good and it, it even kind of mixes in Kyrie's theme a little bit which is yep. pretty interesting uh, da, na, 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 na. but then it kind of slows down to na, 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 na. Um, yeah I don't know music studies people can analyze it <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of YouTube videos doing exactly that already but no it's Chef's kiss. Yeah, done it again, Shimamura. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who would agree this is a certified bop. Yeah, actually, yeah. let me just double check that Yoko did in fact do the soundtrack <laughs> for days because I know sometimes someone else composes it. Um, um, I'm pretty sure because I do all the backgrounds. I'm also just gonna pop open my. I should have Yoko Shimamura did do. The the Xion, okay. Xion's track name is also very, like officially is very weird. It uh, I don't know what language it is honestly, but it 
uh, at least Latin. in the in the days soundtrack. I think it's I think it's just Xion in every subsequent appearance, but in its original incarnation, it is musique pour la. Tri- I mean, this could be French. Here's my French coming back out. Uh, musique pour la triste de Xion. So I don't know what all any of that uh. means because I took French like 15 years ago. But yeah, <laughs> let's look it up. <laughs> um. Okay, I uh, okay. I was able to deduce that triste must mean sad, and it mm. says, "Yeah, French for music for the sadness of Xion." <laughs> oh, how how um, poignant! Uh, it is French, yeah. so yeah, hell yeah, I do things. Yeah, no, like, yeah, it's a very sad song. I feel like it sums up her character like just really well, whereas I feel like some of the other themes don't really as much capture like the character's personality. But, like, this is, like, pretty one-to-ones. It, it tells a story through the town. I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, so, yeah. Like you said, I, I I think, I mean, Rocks is obviously my favorite one. But, no, Xion's yeah. theme is, uh, and I'll reiterate what you said earlier, like, Source theme I like, but it's nowhere near top for me. Uh, and the other ones are kind of all right. Xion's, it hits. Truly. Yeah. So... We'll remember ye through song. All right, we've only got a few categories left for the night. How's everyone doing? All right, it's on to the big ones now, y'all. So, how about we do favorite enemy design? Which, similar to Keyblade, we're going purely off of design, not necessarily to fight. Um, so, as we know, most of the enemies here are palette swaps of existing enemies, but there are a few original designs, and then, you know, some that maybe we like this, you know, little remix version. So, you have an honorable mention, so why don't you, uh, mention it honorably? So, yeah, I'll go ahead. Uh, my one is the, I'll call it the family of, so it is the Aerial Master family, so, the nice. Aerial Masters from the one Agro mission with Demix. Uh, there's the Arful Flyers that are Nat Agraba, but those boys with the little bodies and the big heads and the big horns. Uh, I, nice. I, I, again, there's not many few truly new designs in days. Um, my runner-up was like the Zip Slasher line, the guys with the, obviously, swords for hands. Uh, surpri- yep. Surprisingly, I didn't... I really like the Wyvern from KH1. I'm sad that it that's where it kind of stays in KH1 and in Calm. I didn't really like the yeah. Wyvern variants in... It, I I liked a good... Some are pretty mild, some are too wild. Um, so it was sad, because I was like, oh, I love the Wyvern variants, and I'm like, do I? Do I really? The answer is no, I don't. So, uh, unfortunately, but I feel like the Aerial Master family of, de- de- <laughs> family of designs... Uh, is 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 pretty standard and pretty good. So, that is that is yeah. my mention of the honorables. Nice, yeah. I I was also considering them. Um, because hey. yeah, I think they look good, and they're yeah, they're they're original. They're not quite air soldiers. Like they look kind of different. So yeah, that's pretty good. They fly now. Um, cool. My number one, which we kind of shared. Um, is the tennis balls. I, I mean, tentacles. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think we, I, I mean, I know, we definitely talked about it uh, in an episode where they first appeared, but yeah, Tentaclaws, one of the more interesting designs in the series, because as we said, they more match the aesthetic of the world, so mm-hmm. they very much capture that whole Halloween Town, Nightmare Before Christmas aesthetic, so that is very appreciated. Definitely. Um, but I added a slash leech grave there, because... They're kind of part of the leech grave, kind of not. I don't know where the line ends. Um, yeah, I also would, technically they're separate enemies, but they are part of leech grave. Yeah. But I would, right. I'll fi- I'm fine with this. I think it, it again, like yeah. you said, it matches the H town aesthetic, so it gets it gets a lot of points for doing that. Even though the yes. tentacle design itself is very straightforward. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes simple is better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Leech Grave also as a whole, as we noted earlier, uh, is just a great design. Uh, but I'll let you talk about that, because that was your pick. Yeah, I think Leech Grave is one of the most annoying bosses in the series. But probably yes. one of the greatest designs to come out of KH Days. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, it's it, pretty good. In a, in a, like, same thing with the Keyblades, in a game of, like, mediocre designs, or rehashes of older designs, Leechgrave is, I think, miles ahead of all the other designs that we've seen. Um, oh, for we, sure. We dunked on the Crimson Prankster earlier for being a copy of Trickmaster. Unfortunately, I mean, for better and for worse, yeah, it fits H-Town, or it fits, uh, sorry, Wonderland pretty well, um, and the other ones, you know... As you press the game, they get, I would say, more in line with their their origins. So Leechgrave being one of the latter half uh, story mode bosses uh, does draw a lot from Halloween Town and just ramps everything up to eleven. So it's a uh, you know, it's 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 a round of applause for the Leechgrave. Except for new fighting, Woo! it can suck off. But we're looking at it from afar. He's pretty cool. <laughs> Agreed. Alright, but now, for realsies this time, favorite boss, the ones we actually enjoy fighting. Yeah. Um, uh, we had the same top pick, but you had an honorable mention, so why don't you touch on that real quick? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a contradictory and also kind of cheating because it is multiple phases Whoa. so it has multiple designs but I do have to give off my hat a little bit to Xion's final I'll say final form if I had to pick one but the aesthetic this of her her monstrous form. form as as much as I really don't her kaiju form yeah exactly as much as we've dunked on why does the final boss of these games have to turn into a JRPG monstrosity? I really, I really like the the Sora design aspects that lend itself to the design yeah, philosophy that's pretty behind Shion. So, well, I will complain forever about why is this thing now the size of a planet? But I really do appreciate Shion's final form design at the end of the day. So, nice. is a, is a good. <laughs> But our top, top pick, speaking of giant forms, is Infernal Engine. 
which kind of surprised me. But then when I looked at the <laughs> list of bosses, I realized, oh, this game's bosses are kind of terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's uh, it uh, again. It's uh, it's the cream of the crop in uh, a pretty mid arrangement of bosses. Yeah. Um. No, Infernal Engine. I mean, I think we talked about this in the episode where we covered it. But yes. Yeah. Yeah, it had some little interesting gimmicks to it. Um. So for one, the design is pretty fun. Big sort of blockade, like battering ram sort of creature with little goons on top. That's fun. Um. And then yeah, like all its attacks. Like there are very clear ways to, you know, avoid or deflect them. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's not like bang your head against the wall annoying, but it's challenging. Um, and yeah, just the gimmick of like, it's slowly, very slowly, like gaining ground on you and you yeah. have to knock it back mm-hmm. is really fun. Like, I don't think any other boss has really done that like the closest um i could think of which i guess it's not even a boss i'm thinking of the um the cargo lift minigame in cage 2 where you have to keep knocking it up the hill Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i feel like this boss stands out of just like being like a day's boss if that makes sense like most of the other ones are just big monster hit it and try not to get hit. And exactly. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, I pulled up the list of bosses. It's pretty, it's pretty small. We have yes. we have we have Dark Side and the Dark Follower, which are just palette swaps of each other. We have Lurk Lizard and Veil Lizard, also palette swaps. Uh-huh. We have yeah. Guard Armor, which is in Olympus, the end of Olympus for some weird reason, and the Power Armor. Guard Armor, I considered, but. It was too drawn out. It takes too long. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, it's a worse version of the OG guard armor fight. So I was like, you know yeah. what? Nah, not today, fam. So <clears throat> yeah. it wasn't for you. Not for you. Um, we mentioned sure. the, we mentioned the prankster. Um, we will not talk about ruler of the sky. So at the end of the <sighs> day, infernal engine takes the cake. <laughs> yeah, it was more process of elimination. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, Which is weird when we're considering no, uh, the best boss fights of yeah. a game. <laughs> no, I, I, I do remember coming out of it thinking, oh, that was actually pretty decent. So, yeah. Infernal engine, more like in first place engine. Boop, boop. <laughs> you did it. Alrighty, time for our final crowny of the evening. Alright, time to give the award for best story moment. Oh, so, as we all know, Kingdom Hearts is all about the story. So, mm-hmm. what were the moments from days that made us feel the most? Well, we'll tell you. So, exactly. I have my pick, uh, but y- uh, you have an uh, honorable mention. So, yeah. You, uh, hey, so if I had, pull I, one out. I guess, yeah, if I had to pick honorable mentions, a lot of the Axel. I mean, I love Axel. 
It's uh, it's it. I don't try to hide it. Axel is one of my favorite characters, so he is a lot of questionable, but he has a lot of good emotional moments, despite being on nobody. Am I right? So, uh, mm-hmm. one of his most impactful moments. I was thinking about the the tea that was spilt during the uh, secret reports, but again, those are more of behind the scenes reports about the story, less of story moments. So, I think. My favorite moment out of all those I had to pick was when Axel brings back brings back Shion for the final time. So when he tracks her down to the old mansion in Twilight Town and Shion goes to confront him. At this point, Shion has left for a second time. Roxas has a day or two before this prior is now left the organization, had that whole no one would miss me. That's not true. I would moment. Uh, so he is truly pent up. And nothing but frustration at, one, his friends leaving. I guess, two, his friends having the the ability to actually leave. And three, kind of being left to his own devices. And it is, it, he says it trade in that cutscene. You think you can do what you want, but I'll bring you back every time. And that, I really, truly feel that moment. So, I had- call him the dog catcher. <laughs> God. <laughs> Axel! Yeah, I mean, he, he he flushes out the traitors, and he collects those bounties, ladies. Mm-hmm. God. Yeah, no, that's that's a good Axel moment for sure. Um, so if that's your boy, then that cutscene will do it for you. <sighs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll just jump into my number one, which I Go so subtly hinted at earlier, discussing Shion's theme, but it's, it's tears. Uh, the cutscene... What which she vanishes in, because mm-hmm. um, as I've said, I think it's like the most iconic moment in the game. Um, yeah, and I've already talked about it, but um, yeah, it's the first thing I think of whenever I think of days. Um, and yeah, back when the game was still relatively new, and I was filled with a lot of emotions, <laughs> I would just go back and watch this cutscene on repeat to feel something um, <laughs> so yeah it's one of those scenes that really sticks out to me in the vast canon of the Kingdom Hearts mm. franchise um mm, I, can, yeah. I can see that yeah cause it, it's sad it's 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 a good like you like you had mentioned in um our last story episode it's a lot of why people remember this game so fondly uh, as one of yeah. the final story beats, so, uh, and hey, it 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 makes the waters work. What can I say? Yeah, it's also like Kingdom Hearts endings usually are happy, or at least like a bittersweet type of happy. Yep. Um, but this one's sad, and but like it also like recontextualizes um, like the rest of the story whereas for the number of titles anyways the endings are more just like alright we beat the bad guy now let's wrap the shit up whereas here mm-hmm. it's kind of like oh so that's what happened ah that's crazy and I know it's not like the ending ending but like it's basically the ending it's yeah um, yeah I mean I, f- I feel like another side another story is more of an epilogue or more fan service Xion's right. boss fight feels like the culmination of everything. So, yes. no, I would, all, uh, this is part of the ending, a thousand percent, if not the real part of the ending. So, yeah. 
I, so give it give it up for give it up for tears, everybody. Give me all of oh. your tears. So why don't you talk about that there epilogue? Speaking that of, was your pick. it was oh. yeah. I'm I'm basic. What can I say? Uh, this was at least canonic. I guess kind of kind of canonically, but growing up, this is the first time we saw the another side of the story epilogue. Now it's more associated with being a part of two Final Mix Plus. But back in the day, this was getting to live out this moment, I think, meant a lot. And seeing how Riku was able to wrangle Roxas, uh, uh, despite being yeah. very, very abrupt, I think really, it really showcased how Riku had to, especially we make fun of it, dig deep into the dark to uh, be able to uh, secure Roxas so uh, we could wake our, our little Sora boy. So seeing him commit to, I'm going to be a monstrosity, but I'm here for it. Uh, speaks a lot, uh, and seeing him like after Roxas, uh, even in just like the the FMV versions uh, outside of days, um, truly like kick ass. And Riku's like, well, now you have to put up with me. And then kind of seeing that through, uh, truly a fan service moment, and truly a moment that I will never forget. Nice. Yep. I I do like when uh, things end so. So nicely of like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before, but mm-hmm. not like this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, definitely a nice little fan service type of moment, but not like super overboard. Although I, I do have to question the logistics of Riku, like phasing in and out of his Saiyan art form, but whatever. That's not this cutscene's fault. That's the stupid Mickey cutscene. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, there you have it, everybody. The Woo! fourth semi-annual Crowny Awards. We're all winners here tonight, folks, because we're done with days. Yay! Yeah! It's officially behind us. <laughs> yes. So, we've, we've reached that point. Oh. Final closing thoughts on 2009's Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2 for the Nintendo DS handheld console. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I mean, my thoughts aren't particularly a secret, but now that we're at the end, I will... I will... Yeah, uh, regroup them all. Go unfiltered. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of hated this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I never particularly desired to play it, uh, and now I know why. Because <laughs> yeah, it's just Kingdom Hearts, but bad. <laughs> like the story has its ups and downs um mostly downs if i'm being honest because it just gets super repetitive with like oh rox is in a coma shion's in a coma shion's gone missing let's go find her we found her shion's gone missing again let's go find her we found her shion's gone missing again again let's go find her we found her 
missions Sykes, Angie Zemnis uh, calls pointless meeting where he then says it's all going according to plan <laughs> oh this is what Sora did do you remember it's almost like they're living the same life ah Disney plot Disney plot's over uh oof. yeah it's no, no feelings. Don't. D- nobody has feelings. Don't you dare think that you have feelings, because you certainly don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just characters making really stupid decisions because they think that they like don't have any choice when they do. Question mark. Yeah, like, uh, that's uh, it's something. Well, God, I I constantly allude to it. <laughs> It's a it's a plot point that kind of comes up later in the series at the end of the handheld era, but they're they yeah. bring it up too many times of, of yeah of like we hey 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 we don't have emotions. What's well, funny yeah. because and also re- reviewing days, reviewing Ultimania, just reviewing everything in general. Nobody's the the distinction is basically supposed to be oh we don't have real emotions. We're remembering what it was like to be human, oh, and that lets I'm us process that. And then you have these two human, these two special nobodies who don't remember their human lives and are definitely experiencing the exact same thing you were doing, and yet you were saying, mm-hmm. those are the fragments of emotions, those aren't real emotions. You have to constantly yeah. look at the game and go, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, so... As far as I'm concerned, like, really... The best part of the game is just, yeah, the friendship between Sora, or Sora, Roxas, <laughs> Axel, and Sora, Shion. Sora, and Axel, yes. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but even then, like, yeah, Axel, like, waving back and forth, like, gets a little weird. Like, I understand where he's coming from, but I feel like they didn't totally flesh that out. Yeah. Just thinking about, like, it, it was awkward, in the yeah, future... Like his motivations, it's like you could have treated Shion better. <laughs> a thousand percent. I um, I did notice when I was watching the first half of the remix cutscenes, the the and I mean, here's where your cor- little corrections kind of come into place when the he she's Shion for the first time when she's like he's like hey you can rely on friends friends are important you are Roxas's friend therefore you're my friend. Uh, it cuts to just his face, and then he go, he kind of uh-huh. goes, oh, and then it cuts back to them seeing each other as people, and kind of flashing back to that secret report, he see, you know, when he sees Shion for who she is, and he writes down how similar to Namine, basically, and, you know, we had that conversation last episode, but, I mean, yeah. that added a little bit of, like, oh, and that oh crap moment was visible, as opposed to a written report, like, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. can't fix everything. Yeah. So, the main sort of story contribution here is the existence of Shion. But then, by the end of the game, they so conveniently write it that everyone forgets about her and she never happened. Ah, don't, how, don't worry about it. How do we introduce how a convenient. very important character that we've never met before and we're past this point in the story, guys? Yeah, it's it's pretty silly, and it's like the very definition of filler, of like, oh, well, it's like, yeah, 
we couldn't fit it into the main <sighs> canon because this wasn't written in the original manga, so we have to write around that so we don't step on any toes. Yeah. So we'll just come up with this imaginary plot device that doesn't actually have any real bearing on the plot as a whole. And even when it does come back into play, it still doesn't really have any impact. <laughs> yeah. So, like, ugh, God. Uh, the, the repercussions uh, <laughs> of forgetting Xion creep up in future titles, but nothing impactful besides that she was a person that exists and everybody forgot about her. Yeah, that's that's about as far as her character goes, which is yeah. the end of blame. <laughs> uh. So, story, hit or miss, um, and then gameplay, like, I've released my frustrations, uh, but, yeah, um, panel system, more annoying than anything. Seems like a cool idea at first, but in practice, it gets very old very quickly. Um, the actual, like, Fighting and combat is very clunky, if not just totally awful. Uh, most <laughs> of the boss design is poo. Um, magic is a joke. Sometimes it's super powerful. Sometimes it's completely worthless. Yep. Um, platforming is awk. The mission structure is super annoying and repetitive. And just everything takes so long on this game. And it's like... Like, what I didn't like about Calm was you go back to all these areas we've seen before and do it all again, so it just felt very been there, done that. And this is that, cranked up to 11, because we've literally been there, done that. <laughs> like, like, you'll do the the same mission multiple times in the same world. It's like, oh my god, what are we doing here? <laughs> Collecting hots in Agrabah! Yeah. So, um, to wrap up my thoughts... Yeah, I'm glad it's over, and I'll probably never play it again. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of breaking, it's a toss-up between this and Recom, but I'd probably rather play Recom, because at least that still feels good when you play it. Like It's almost like they had the opposite problems, where like Recom has zero level design to speak of, so it's, like, all the in-between is really boring, mm -hmm. but the combat's decent. Yeah. Whereas here, there's some level design that's not great, but there's some. Uh, but then the fighting is just, like, the worst in the series. Um, <laughs> and that's most of what you're going to be spending your time on. So, pick your poison, I guess. But yeah, I guess Recom... Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, so ranking from top to bottom, one to recom and days, as far as the games that we have covered so far go. So okay, I wash my hands of thee. Days, you are expunged. Get thee from mine tongue. I shall never speak of thee again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my oh, god, that felt good. <laughs> uh, what did up. you think of the game? I mean, hi, I am Devil's Advocate, the person. I I did appreciate a lot of uh, the direction of Days. The execution is fumbled in a lot of areas. So there were there was drive, there was ambition. The, again, the execution did not fully kind of I think meet those expectations. 
So I, I still, no. I still enjoyed it. I did my best. I mean, I, I, welcome to me. I do my best to try to enjoy the game. I truly don't think anything's like really despicable. So I definitely wish the pan. I, I mean, I have a lot of changes. Like we kind of like at the end of Calm debated like how we could change Calm a little bit, but didn't go too far. Uh, I will say during days, I at least I or you know to the chagrin of days. I kept thinking, like, oh, it'd be much cooler if XYZ happened instead, or if this went a different route. So I was constantly thinking of ways to improve the game. So I guess subconsciously, yeah, I would I would rank it a little bit lower than Calm, which is which is sad to say because Calm is you know the butt of everybody's joke. So, uh, but yeah, I uh, again I think it should have leaned into certain things more. We talked about the obfuscation of everything and how this would make for the yep. best sitcom, tongue in cheek. KH series, and I know uh, I haven't read the uh, the I haven't read any of the KH manga actually, but I know that the the days manga has again it lends itself uh-huh. more to comedy and gag manga, so it it does re- kind of tread a little bit of that area. So I wish the game would have been more of what the I guess the manga actually turned out to be at the end of the day. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, I wish the multiplayer mode really. Uh, held up and was something that we could uh, also even just experience in 2022 without severe workarounds. Um, uh, and I do appreciate the thought, a lot of the thought that went into multiplayer mode, and I think that it could have been fleshed out yeah, in I mean, different areas. It was it's, ambitious. Yeah. But now we know that's kind of the whole point of the game, so that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. So it's, uh, it's definitely a game. It's, I would say, I mean realistically i enjoyed it but it's still at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to cage games so uh i'll be curious when we catch up and we are able to kind of compare the series with the franchise as a whole at that point in time see where that truly does lie at the end of the day yeah i mean i think it's gonna come down to well i guess it depends on how wide we cast our net but i think it's gonna come down between this and coded for bottom of the bottom yeah um, i'm actually yeah, we really despite bbs is our next game uh i'm interested to go back to coded at the time i hated Co- recoded because it was just cage one all over again but i hate you coded it does i mean it's it's post days and it's post bbs so the combat the combat again like looking at calm the combat is interesting and good the story just doesn't go anywhere and so I, I feel uh, like it'll be the yeah. opposite of days, actually. So exactly, uh, I'll be. It will be interesting to see how that that plays out uh, yeah. sometime next, probably next year, actually, because we are inching closer and closer to uh, to God's dear light. We're, we're, encro- we're encroaching on Kingdom Hearts, everybody. The true Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts. Yeah. Here's what you do to make days gooder. <laughs> Say we have a hypothetical re colon days, which I I shudder to put that thought out into the ether. But (laughs) you're going to redo days. Yep. You basically just make Persona 5, but with the organization. Okay. So give it the flashy aesthetic. Give it your social links, your confidants. Give it the, the, like, life sim aspect of, like, living day to day and, like, choosing what you want to do. Um... And you can, like, go and, like, visit the worlds and such. Yeah. That's no. how you can, like, do your missions. 
you can like, or you could like kind of like treat it like how Persona does the palaces. You could like do it one world at a time where you kind of like have a stake out there and you have to like visit the world at certain times during each mm-hmm. day to like kind of get more information, like take out more Heartless, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, dare I say, like change the combat so like you actually have your party members like maybe not turn-based like full-on but like have some more control over them so you can like kind of like build your own party like based on which characters you like more yeah um yeah that that... and yeah just like really lean into like there you go because the organization this is my other complaint this game they just they're so lame in this game (laughs) yeah the org a bunch of bureaucrats it's so boring they're all such interesting characters at the end of the day but days doesn't push the envelope of what it means to be a member of organization 13 yeah no like when they first show up in kingdom hearts 2 they're like all like in a unit and they're like in their shadowy cloaks and you're like oh my god who are, who are these these bad boys rolling into town and then you're like oh they're just a bunch of like nine to fives a bunch of nobodies yeah they all hate their jobs and their boss <laughs> um, so yeah like again I don't want to retread this game by any means but I feel like you could do a lot more with these characters, um, so maybe we could see some sort of spiritual successor to this game, because I would definitely like to see more of some of these faces, but... Definitely, yeah. I We shall see. Yeah, I could, I could imagine... I won't stress about this too long, but I could imagine, like, a potential... Cool. Uh, at least days and recoded because those aren't playable on modern consoles. Some sort of packaging um, that is maybe those games ported a little bit for like a cheaper, like a thirty-four dollar value, or maybe you just kind of go ham and you just kind of remake, redo. Maybe I was about to say all the handhelds, but I wasn't really considering BBS. But maybe the DS games by extension, maybe Triple uh-huh. D. But uh, I think it, that's definitely a conversation for much further down the line but i i could definitely see like something like that happening i uh i mean this is one of our last episodes for 2022 as a whole so by the time we get around to our next title crisis core reunion will have dropped on store shelves everywhere so that kind of persists in my mind when i think of square enix handheld titles from this era so yeah yeah so yeah, that is that, everyone. So, Woo! ending spiel time. Thanks so much for following us along for all these days. Days, uh, days, days. We appreciate the, uh, the uh, listenership. Uh, we would also appreciate it if you gave us just one more rating and reviewing. Also subscribe because we are going to go on a hiatus and we're yeah. not entirely sure when we'll be back but if you subscribe you'll be the first to know because we'll pop up right in your podcast app and it'll be like seeing an old friend again yeah um you can also email us at khbhpodcast at gmail.com send us some letters in the meantime and we can catch up 
Uh, or if you want some more instant access, you can tweet at us at KHBH Podcast. Um, and yeah, you can tell a friend, hey, they finally finished the, the bad one. <laughs> you can start listening now. <laughs> we play uh, days so you don't have to. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, that is it. Heareth, endeth, the lesseneth. Um, <laughs> so, as we have said a few times, up next, ten years ago, in a Keyblade graveyard far, far away. <laughs> it's Kingdom Hearts Bertha about a sleep. Ooh, which is, yeah. I would say it's so. I mean, we'll get into it once it's covered, but it definitely has the scope of a number title. So, definitely. this will be a fun one to talk about. Uh, we definitely have to figure out how we're going to cover it, because it's got the three separate campaigns, so we're going to be bouncing back and forth a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to go back to it, because this is, or at least it was, definitely in the upper tier of KH games for me, but I have not played it in a while, so perhaps that has changed. <laughs> it could be. That's, I mean, that's the point of going back and playing a lot of these, is seeing... Where the uh, the opinions do lie after you know X amount of time, so I'll be interested because I I didn't play BBS until maybe 2017, so it's actually one of the more recent titles that I've played. I I got the 2.5 remix a few years after it came out and said I think it's finally. I had watched the cutscenes on YouTube, but I mean a very so a very similar to you playing Days uh, is me yeah. playing BBS. So no, it'll All be right. a interesting to go back to bbs and kind of especially with the retrospective uh and yes. uh, place it place it amongst its peers as well yeah um it's also yeah it's nice because unlike days you can play this one on basically every console at this point so yep. hopefully viewers will be or viewers listeners should be able to play along more easily um so yeah check it out and yeah We'll probably be back sometime early in the new year. Uh, TBD. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll squirt out a little blank points in between now and then. So again, subscribe so, yeah. and keep your eyes peeled. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, if we don't see ya, uh, I believe this episode is dropping on October 1st. So have a very happy Halloween, everybody. I know I'm excited. <laughs> I've already got some plans in mind. Of course. And, uh, yep. Happy happy holidays. Happy New Year. Stay <laughs> safe. Stay sane. Stay playing Kingdom Hearts, baby. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. Good night, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Boy, you don't have to stay here. Bye bye. Make like a sore and go to sleep. Ooh.